In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, who's that man? It's a question that begins a song by Rich Mullins, the late Christian singer-songwriter. And it's the sort of question that Jesus provokes throughout his ministry. Who's that man, sings Rich Mullins, says he's a prophet. Well, I wonder if he's got something up his sleeve. Where is he from? Who is his daddy? There's rumors he even thinks himself a king. Who's that man? It's a suspicious question indicative of the divisiveness of the words and actions of Jesus. And it's a question very much at the forefront of St. John's Gospel. Indeed, one of the central emphases of John is the paradox that he sets out in the prologue, that although Christ the Word was in the world and the world was made by him, yet nevertheless the world knew him not. That although he came unto his own, yet nevertheless his own received him not. St. John shows this by building up a picture of the increasing opposition Jesus faced throughout his ministry, culminating, of course, in his betrayal and death. And our gospel passage comes in the midst of that buildup. In the passage immediately preceding our gospel lesson, one of Jesus' contemporaries dismiss him as a raving lunatic, or worse. They say, He has a demon and he's mad. Why listen to him? We are familiar enough with the story of Jesus that we have a very hard time comprehending the level of controversy and opposition that Christ provoked. But as C.S. Lewis observed, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice, Lewis says. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. This is the choice St. John poses us throughout his Gospel. Encounter with Jesus provokes a crisis. You must make your choice. You cannot remain neutral towards him. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. And in our Gospel lesson today, the choice of how to respond to Jesus is put in terms of hearing his voice, that is, in terms of obedience. Does Jesus, or does he not, command obedience? Should we just dismiss him, like those of his contemporaries did as having a demon and as being a madman? Or should we heed what he says when he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know him, I know them, and they follow me? Well, of course, we know the right answer to this question. We are here in church on a Sunday morning. We have all been to Sunday school. We know, as St. John says, These things are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing he might have life in his name. We know this is true, I say. But tell me, 
Do you really know it to be true? Do you know it up here in your head? Or do you know it down here in your heart? Do you know it merely theoretically or abstractly? Do you know it secondhand? Or do you know it by experience? Do you know it existentially? Have you experienced the truth of his words for yourself? My sheep hear my voice, Jesus says. Commenting on this passage, a medieval Byzantine theologian with the wonderful name of Theophylact said that our Lord's words here are an invitation. When Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, Bishop Theophylact says, he exhorts them to become as such, to become like sheep who hear his voice. That is, Jesus invites us to hear his voice and to follow him, to follow him as sheep follow their shepherd because they know his voice. It's an invitation to heed his voice and to follow wherever he might lead. Or maybe it'd be better to say that it's a summons, a summons to pay attention, a summons to heed the voice of the Lord, a summons to know the Lord Jesus well enough to be able to discern his voice amidst of the cacophony of voices that demand our attention or compete for our allegiance and for our love. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, the psalmist says. The question the gospel poses to us is whether our heart is open to the voice of the Lord, whether you are listening the voice of Jesus calling you. But why would we want to follow Jesus in the first place? Well, because apart from him, we are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Because if we turn from him, we are like sheep who have gone astray, exposed to danger, beset by wild beasts who would destroy us. Because all others that we might follow are at best like hired hands that flee when there's any sight of danger to themselves, or at worst like thieves who would eat up our substance to enrich themselves. Because we are like sheep going astray, but we have returned to the shepherd of our souls. Because the Lord is the good shepherd, who will seek out what is lost and will bring back what has been driven away, who will strengthen the sick and bind up the injured, who will carry the little lambs in his arms. He is the one who is the good shepherd, who lays down his life for his sheep, that in him we might find life. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus says, and I know them and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. This is the pasture to which he leads us as his sheep. In him the sheep will go in and out and find pasture. He says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. 
Jesus comes that we might have life that is worthy of a name. That we may have life that is abundant, that overflows, that is given to us plenteously, in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. He comes that we might have life. Because he alone is the one who leads us to life. Because he is life itself. Because in him we will be led to the fountain of living waters, where they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. Because the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. Because, as Jesus says, as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And again he says, I am the way and the truth of the li- and the life. And again he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And again, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The Lord is the good shepherd. The question is, before us this morning, whether we know him as such in our lives. Jesus is the good shepherd of the sheep. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. God grant that we might become what we are, that we might say with our whole heart and mind and voice, we might say with our whole life, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.